Good morning, church. How's everybody in the house? All right. Good. My name's Terry. I'm one of the pastors here at North Star. We're so glad that you're here. And I just want to say welcome. If you're a first-time guest, we're, we're blessed to have you here. And we hope that you uh, sense the sweet spirit of God in this place and the warm welcome of God's people. God's people. We're a, a place, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Anything is possible. Nobody's perfect. I, I've messed you up, didn't I? All right. It's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and that's, I'll give you an 80. An 80 on that. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, and all right, give God a praise clap today. We welcome those also that are joining us online, either uh, live this morning or at a later date. Maybe you woke up really late and there was no possible way to make it to this service and you logged in and we're glad to have you watching. And we just moments ago went live at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. All right. All right. A couple of things before we get started. In, uh, before I get started in the message. Um, Fall Fest is coming up. Uh, it's it's going to be an awesome opportunity. And um, Sun Stands Still offering is, uh, we've had this every year. It's like a harvest offering. It's like uh, toward the uh, end of the fall. And it's it's... We call it Sun Stand Still because we're believing God to do the incredible, and He has every single year during the uh, Sun Stand Still offering. It's when we give uh, more and give above, give sacrificially on that Sunday, more so than any other time, and we, we see God just multiply that money. We've been able to use it for debt reduction and uh, other things that helps us to end the year strong. So remember that date, October the 29th, October the 29th. Also, next week you'll have an opportunity to begin signing up for this, but North Star has been asked to be a collection site for Operation Christmas Child. So we're pumped about that. We've known that for quite some time, and we, we took about 14 people to training, and uh, the way it works, uh, collection week is um, November the 13th through the following Monday, and so there are two-hour time slots every day, Monday through Monday, and we'll need people to volunteer, so it's a variety of different uh, times that you can sign up for that, and if you could just give two hours on one of those days, it would be awesome, and it's an awesome uh, ministry anyway to, to be a part of. All right, so today, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. We're in a series called Love Your City 2017. The reason I called it 2017 is because it's 2017, and we've been doing this series for several, several years now. Love Your City, and the, the, it's interesting that I look back at some of the messages that, that we preached during that, those other series, 
I went back to 2013, I think, and I looked at, and it's just interesting how God has just changed different, uh, he's given us different messages for the whole series. This year, the theme on loving your city, your city, of course, is the place, your place, and the theme seems to be the thread that's woven through this series this year is really reaching people, and I think it's a very important series for such a time as this, because it is our hearts, our strategy, and our vision to reach people for Christ. Last week, we talked about the, the need. Why, why do we do that? Why are we reaching people? Why are we trying to reach people? Well, because number one, if you missed last week, here's a recap. Number one, it was a lot longer than I'm going to give you right now. People matter to God. That's why we do it. It's because people matter to God. Number two, the need is so great. Jesus said the harvest uh, is plentiful, but the laborers are, are few. There's not enough people. To, there's so many people. I said last week that I asked you, what is 750,000 miles long? And it can circle the globe 30 times. And it grows by 20 miles every single day. It is the people who do not know Jesus Christ standing back to back, it would reach 750,000 miles. The need is great. And then I said, um, we are his plan. There is no other plan. We're the ones. Jesus has given us that responsibility to go and to share the good news. Not just some of us to go and share the good news, but all of us to go and share the good news. And I just, I think if we'll really step back and remember what it was like to be without Jesus Christ, I think we would really be motivated to listen to the voice of God, the command of God, and go tell people. Because you know what? If you're a follower of Christ, you were just Jesus away from helplessness and hopelessness. Hopelessness is swimming in an ocean, the, the sea of hopelessness. You might, make, you might be able to look in between the waves and look to the horizon, but you can never see any hope or any help. That's what it's like to be lost. And so today, I want to talk more about our influence. Did you know that, that we really I'm talking about really bad need to influence our culture. Our culture, our society, socially, morally, and spiritually is suffering right now. Jeremiah in the Old Testament said it this way about the, uh, the importance of influencing society. Jeremiah said, therefore this is what the Lord says, if you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. In other words, our culture, uh, the, the spiritual temperature of our culture may be bad, but don't let the culture influence you, you influence the culture. And that's what today's message is about. The New Living Translation says it this way, you must influence them, do not let them influence you. 
it is what it is. I hear that all the time, and I say it a lot. It is what it is, but that's not good enough. God said that we must influence our culture, that we must make a difference in our culture. This is what I know, and if you're taking notes, write this one down. What is happening today, what is happening in the world, is on our watch. It's it's on our watch. Jesus has put us here to make a difference. What's happening in this culture, you may not have caused it, you may not have contributed to it, but what's happening today is on our watch. And God wants to empower the church. He wants to equip the church to do something about it. Can I get an amen? It's on our watch. We've got to do something about it. We can't do it by ourselves, but God wants to empower us and uh, equip us to do something about it. Now, don't let them influence you. You influence them. Don't let them influence you. You influence them. And that's what our text is about today. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5. If you're glad you came to church today, say amen. All right, Matthew chapter 5. Let me set this up. Uh, In Matthew chapter 5, this is what is called the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. When when my wife and I were dating many years ago, a few years ago, we still date, by the way, but before we got married, uh, we memorized the Sermon on the Mount. I thought that was pretty cool just to tell you that. I guess I'm bragging on myself, but that was pretty spiritual of me, wasn't it? Yeah very romantic. I had to get to her somehow. So anyway, we memorize this, and it starts with the Beatitudes. Blessed is the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, and so on. And so what happened was Jesus uh, saw these huge crowds, and so he, he went up onto a mountain, and still people followed him, but his disciples were there, and the Bible says this is the, this is the infamous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it was like the plain. It, was, it wasn't like a, a mountain and they were all hanging on for their lives. It was, they found this, uh, trust me, I, I, I've hiked the Himalayas three times. Even though they're really tall, there is always a plain on the side of the mountain. So Jesus gathered them and he taught them some important truths. And after the Beatitudes, he gets to this point and he tells them something that, that like, was different than anything that they had ever been taught. It's not that they, had been, that they had not been taught that they should be an influence because they were studying the Old Testament scriptures and, and the Old Testament is definitely about that. But they were steeped, his followers, they were steeped in legalism and religion. And they had never heard it the way Jesus was teaching it. And this is what he says. He says, you are the salt of the earth. <clears throat> But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, Jesus said, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Let's pray together. Father, just I pray today that you just open up our hearts and minds and help us to, to, to grasp um, the teachings of your word, the teachings of Jesus, of how we are to be a, a positive influence in the world. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, the salt. You know what salt does? This mineral, it... Um, it uh, it, it penetrates, it seasons, it does all, a lot of different things. It, it's even a, a healing agent, and it, it, it preserves. And so what Jesus is saying is that he wants us to help the culture, help society to preserve it, to penetrate. Uh, and something else that's very interesting about salt, as much, and how many like salt? Raise your hand. And some of you can't have salt. The doctor says you can't have it. He hasn't told me that yet. I love salt. I love a lot of stuff like a hamburger. I like to take a hamburger. A big old home-cooked, grilled, made-out-by-hand kind of hamburger and slap some mayonnaise on it and some mustard, praise God, and, and a slab of onion and some tomato. No ketchup for me. And, and some black pepper. I like to just cover the tomato in black pepper. And uh, this service, you know, you're bound to get some food coming out of uh, some t words about food coming out of my mouth. And then, then I, the finishing touches, oh yeah, I feel the spirit today. The finishing touches is that salt sitting in the shaker. And I can stare at it, I can, I can concentrate on it, but until I pick it up and put some salt on the hamburger, it's not going to get there. It's not going to make a difference. Are you with me so far? And so Jesus said, so I had to pick it up. And, and physically shake it on my hamburger. And then, and then I, I, I eat it and I do it all over again. Can I get an amen? Okay, so, but the point is, I have to pick it up. It has to make contact with. And so Jesus was saying that we as the body of Christ, we as followers of Jesus, we are, we're the salt of the earth. And, but we've got to make contact with people. We can't just talk about things like canvassing. And by the way, uh, yesterday in umpteen different neighborhoods across both of our campuses, we handed out hundreds of flyers. But you know something? I know some of you forgot it. Some of you just didn't do it. So we're going to help you to redeem yourself. And we're going to because we didn't get finished. We had a lot to hand out. We didn't get finished, so you're going you're to be able to do it. But the point is, you've got to get out. You've got to get out to make it happen. And this is what I know. God has trusted us with something that is great. He's entrusted us with the gospel. And it's going to make a difference. When we get out, it's going to make a difference. Uh, one time... In 1975, there's two guys, uh, Lauren Cunningham and Bill Bright. Raise your hand if you've ever, or just say amen, because I need to hear somebody say amen today. Say amen. Have you ever heard of Campus Crusade for Christ? Amen. Amen. I heard that amen. Uh, Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade for Christ. Lauren Cunningham founded YWAM. Have you ever heard of that? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of YWAM. 
Just a few. Okay, YWAM is Youth with a Mission, founded by Lauren Cunningham. Anyway, both of these guys, they lived in different states, but both of them were friends, and they were both in the same city. They had both found out that the other was going to be in, in the same city. So the, they called each other up and said, hey, um, I hear you're in town this, this week. And yeah, I hear you're in town too. We ought to get together. So they did. They, they planned to get together for lunch the next day. Well, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, goes to his hotel. Lauren Cunningham goes to his hotel. And God speaks to both of their heart. Bill Bright said, it was like God was trying to say something to me. It was like God was trying to reveal something to me. And so they both had a restless night because God was indeed was revealing some things to them. So they got together the next day for lunch. Said, Man, it's good to see you. Did you have a good, nice rest? And he said, oh, actually, no. I got, God was really burdening my heart with something. And the other one said, are you kidding me? Me either. God spoke to me. And at the same time, they reached into their jacket and pulled out a piece of paper with the same thing. They, they're called the seven cultural mountains. And here they are. The first one, and you might just jot these down. The first one is the church. They, and the whole purpose of this, of how God was speaking to them is, Bill Bright was saying, oh God, show me how we can reach the people. Lauren Cunningham was saying the same thing. And God gave them both the same thing. This is where we can have great influence. And we as a church need to have this. Number one is, is the church. The church needs to, needs to is, it's alive and well. And the church needs to desperately get out. I'm afraid that sometimes... We're like in a bubble, okay? Uh, our, maybe it's our comfort zone, but uh, it, it's, it's that place where we're comfortable. It's that place where sometimes I call it a holy huddle, and we, we need to get out of the holy huddles. But we need to get out of the bubble. The church needs to get out of the bubble. I know it's comfortable. I love to see people that, I, that I'm in a small group with. I love to see people that I, that I spend time with. But you know something? We've got to get out of the bubble. The church has got to be the, the church, and it, it's got to be the salt of the earth. And if it's sitting in the container and not making contact, it's not going to do any good. The second one was, is the government. You say, oh yeah, wait, but we can't, you know separation of church and state, right? Uh, let me tell you something. Separation of church and state was never meant for the church to get out of the government, but to keep the government out of the church. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if my, my mic's even working because that, you should have said amen right there. Come on, people. Separates church of state, church and state. It's not uh, that the, the church can't influence the government. It's so the government stays out of the church. But these two guys said, this is where God is saying we need to have a, a positive influence. The third one is art and entertainment. Arts and entertainment. That would be like fashion and sports and uh, other kinds of entertainment. 
The, the fourth one is education. And we have teachers that are teaching the minds of our young children. And can you imagine the influence that we can have in education? The next one is business, the workplace. Um, these two guys said that we can influence culture by influencing these seven places. The sixth one is media. And the seventh one is the family. So, in our church, and I, when I first read this story, I, I said, you know what? Right here at North Star, across two campuses, we have all of those. And so I started praying. I said, God, I want to do that. And, and so these two men, and by the way, two years later, uh, a name that you might recognize, Francis Schaeffer. God gave him the same vision or the same direction. And so basically what they're saying is, is that we as the church, the church is really the hub, but we as the church need to influence those seven areas. So I, I began, and I've gone to uh, our, our mayors, and I've gone to public officials, and I've gone to businessmen in our area, and I said, you know, what can we do? How can we serve you? How can we make a difference uh, with with your business, how can we make a difference? That's why on Serve Day that at both of our campuses, the, the businesses surrounding our campuses, we went to them. Not asking for anything, but we went to them saying, we appreciate you, or, we, or God loves you, um, de depending on the, the place that, that we went to. Verse 13, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty? Again, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Church, we need to get together. Please write this down. We need to get together with these, these seven places, and not tell them what they can do for us, but ask them how can we serve them. And so... Uh, very quickly, I, I went to a few businessmen. I said, how, how can we serve you? I went to our mayor, uh, more than one mayor, and I said, how can, how can we serve you? How can our church, no strings attached, how can we be a blessing to, to the city of Saltillo, the city of Tupelo? Uh, how can we be a, how can I minister? How can our church minister to your employees? I asked one person. So we need to get together and say, not, not what you can do for us, but what, what can we do for you? Verse 16, he said, in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. That's the whole purpose, is to bring God, God glory. That's our vision at North Star. Our vision is to glorify God. By making disciples of all nations. And so it's not for us. It's not for our own recognition. It's not for to, to, to get brownie points with God. It's just a being obedient. But it's more than anything. It's to give God the glory. So when you share Jesus. And I had some gospel conversations yesterday. I saw one guy uh, out in his yard. And I, I just pulled up. I, uh, 
we don't know each other's name completely, I don't think. But we know each other. He lives down the road, and I, I just pulled in. And uh, it was a short conversation, but it was a conversation. And, and, and it was a conversation about God and a conversation about Jesus. And so we need to be having those gospel conversations so that it will bring glory to God. You know what? Somebody's going to say to you, they're going to say, oh, man, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing with me because I, I put my trust in Jesus Christ and no longer. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And no longer do I have to swim in this ocean of helplessness and hopelessness because now I have hope and I found hope in Jesus Christ. So I want to ask three questions today. Three questions about our influence. The, the first one is this, why? Why? Why, why? why are we sharing the gospel? Why did I pull off and, and, or stop in the road and talk to this guy? Why? Because, number one, because God really likes it when you love the people that he loves. God really likes it. I mean, he says, look, Ledbetter, uh, man, thanks. That touched my heart. This is what God says. Thank you. Thank you for loving on people. <laughs> Thank you for, for asking those questions and having those conversations because, Terry, because that's my heart, because I love people. Thank you. And that's what God is saying to you when you do the same thing. Uh, he loves it when you love what he loves. Uh, he sees the one. Remember, man that had a hundred sheep, one went astray, and he, he left the other one, other ones. He left somebody in charge, but he left them to go find it because he loves, and that's his illustration of how much he loves us. The second reason, it's, uh, it's our destiny. It's our destiny. If you're still on planet Earth, it's because, trust me, it's because he's not done with you. If you're still on planet Earth, uh, it's because he has a purpose for you. You're not just here to go through life, uh, happenstance. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And if it's handing out flyers, if it's sharing the, the three-circle uh, gospel presentation, you're here for a purpose, a destiny for your life. You know the reason that that we don't stop and talk to somebody in the yard? You know the reason that, that we don't walk down to our neighbor and just say hello? The reason is because oftentimes we're going so fast through life. I've been convicted of this lately, and I still did it not too long ago. I know I did. But to slow down, I know we're driven. I'm driven. Oh, man. I, just ask my wife. I, I'm pretty driven. And if, I, if I'm doing something on the house and I, I, I run out of something, I, so I go to the, the hardware store, I go in and I go out. But what I've learned is when I go to, when I go to the, the, the Home Depot or the Lowe's, um, I, I've, I've learned to just slow down a little bit. And uh, I'm talking to somebody right now 
because I've been in the store so many times lately. We're doing some work at the house, and um, I, I've, I've learned some, some of these by name. One just had a baby, and uh, she was gone for ever how many weeks that takes, and, and uh, I don't, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, maternity leave, I, I saw her, she came back, and uh, I said, give me a picture. I want to see a picture. And so she showed me a picture of her baby. And, of course, I, I pulled out the phone. I showed her, showed her all my grandkids. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm working, working on it. There's another lady uh, at, a, at a store that I frequent. Uh, I've, I've been working on her. I said, I haven't seen you yet. I know. You're making me work on Sunday. But I'm coming. Can't wait. I can't wait. That's the why. <laughs> I, you and I are put on this earth to do that. Second question. Where? Where? Well, uh, your place. Your work. Uh, wherever you shop. Your place. You know, even at church, there are people sitting on your row that are smiling, but they're really not smiling on the inside. And so you need to be sensitive to what God is telling you. Your place. This is what I know. If, if you'll change your world, you'll change the world. Don't miss that. If you'll change your world, you'll change the world. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Edward Hale. He said it this way. He said, I'm only one, but still, I am one. I cannot do everything, but still, I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Paul wrote in Galatians, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into it. Sink yourself into it. Third question, how? How? Well, um, two things. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of God. Learn to live. We're going to be talking and looking at a series of, of hearing God's voice. Um, listen to the voice of God. Be sensitive to what God is trying to say to you. Like me yesterday when I pulled off and, and I, I stopped and I had this gospel conversation. It, it was the Holy Spirit prompting me, saying, man, don't, you let, don't pass by this guy. It's, it's, it's the time. And he, he, he didn't accept Christ yesterday, but I planted the seed. Can I get an amen? And so be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then, 
the writer of Proverbs said in the message, he said, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Don't tell your neighbor, maybe some other time or try me uh, tomorrow <laughs> when the money is in, is in your pocket. When the money is right there in your pocket. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Second, find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. See a hurt and heal it. Find a need, fill it. See a hurt and heal it. And we can make a difference. We can make a difference, church, if we'll do those things. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for today and, and for God how you've spoken to our hearts. And Lord, thank you for this passage and how it just came alive to me these past few weeks. And um, I pray, God, that you would speak and minister across our church. And those of you listening today you real, that realize that you've never accepted Christ. You don't have a personal relationship with God. You may be a religious person. You may go to church frequently, but you've never truly been born again. I want to give you that opportunity. First, Scripture teaches us that we must admit that we are sinners that need a Savior. Second, believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose on the third day. And then accept his free gift of salvation and invite him to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. That's putting your trust in him. Now, as I've taught before, it's not just repeating a prayer. You can articulate this through prayer, but it is, it is the faith and repentance behind the prayer of putting your trust in Jesus. And if you're ready to do that today, just you can say this from your heart or declare this from your heart. Dear God, I am a sinner who needs a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and he rose from the grave on the third day. I repent, I turn from my sins and I turn to you and I accept your free gift of salvation and I invite you into my heart as, and I put my trust in you as Savior and I follow you as Lord. Now today at both of our campuses, there were those that made that decision. And this is what I want to ask you to do. If you made that decision today to follow Jesus, I want you to take the card that's attached to the handout that you received today, fill that out and bring it to guest services at both of our campuses. And we have a book to give you that will help you and encourage you. Maybe today, uh, God has spoken to you in some other area as a believer that you need to be faithful or more consistent about. Would you just yield your heart to it? I want to ask that everyone please stand at both campuses. Just stand. I want to pray over you. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for uh, letting us come to church today and just we pray that you've been honored and glorified. Thank you, God, for speaking to our hearts and thank you for, for not giving up on us. And thank you for the privilege of just coming into your presence. God, we love you and we thank you for the word of God and how it speaks to our hearts and how your spirit draws people and how your spirit clarifies to us. God, I just pray that you would take these closing moments of worship and not, not let it be a time where we are thinking about where we're going out to eat or trying to beat folks to the car, their cars. God, help it to be a time that we just kind of wrap up this day uh, honoring you in worship. And so, God, that is our prayer today in Jesus' name.